What's up, what's up, what's up in the his house? That's right, guys. We got another episode of the Dipcast. That's right. It's February 28th, and we're just barely making that quota. Isn't that right, Wade? Yeah, because this is at, we did promise you one a month. And because this is a leap year, it means that there are 29 days in February. So we are just sliding in under the bar. For this, this is definitely going to hit the last day of February tomorrow. Yeah. So technically, we we made it. That's right. So, hey, go us. That's for now two for two. And the reason so. why we couldn't do it earlier is because everybody backed out last week. No, I'm looking no. At, I'm looking at you solely. Well, yeah, mainly hey, Sully. We listen, were good to go. I was Not born on the 29th of February, <laughs> so I'm only 11 and a half years old. All right? Nice. My destiny is not my own. <laughs> and if you heard that, it's not Marco this week. We actually got Ken, as you know, in Blazon. What's up, everybody? I got nothing else. That's all I got for now. <laughs> That's all I got. All right. You, you've been, been away for the Dipcast for a year and a half. And, yeah, I just and, saw that. It's 2018. Like, what? It was that long ago? Time's going by way too yeah, fast. It's probably the last time we actually did it. Well, mm. no, we did after. I that. think our last episode was with Ken, I think. Probably. Yeah. So yeah, well, actually well. it shows the last last time I was on Skype was was in uh, <laughs> July of twenty eighteen. So yeah. I'm I'm very much not a fan of Skype, but I don't think Teams is uh, available for non business users. No, I don't think so either. I think it's a purely enterprise software. Yeah. Although I am on I am on my PC right now and I will say that Skype is infinitely better on PC than it is on Mac. Oh well the the reason we go with Skype is just audio quality. It's it's yeah. up there. Uh, we tried Discord one time, and it was a no-go. Woo, that was a disaster. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just, I guess, because Discord's designed for, like, you know, multiple people on, so the bit rate's really low, and it's just, it doesn't work. Uh, but other than that, yeah, guys, it's uh, February. Uh, how'd you guys spend your uh, Valentine's Day? Happily. I'm sure everybody on the boards wants to know if, you know, Wade took uh, Unuk. How do you pronounce the dog's name? Well, no, um... You see, the night before Valentine's Day, my dad died. So it made it a little difficult for me to do, actually do something on Valentine's Day. Um, I don't so, think they make a card for that. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Look, he was 98 years old. It was not a surprise to us. So I right. knew that the last time I saw him over Christmas would be the last time that I saw him. You know, we'd been preparing it for, for years. So... Not a surprise. I mean, still sad event, but also at the same time, kind of kind of a relieving to the rest of the members of the family that you know he I mean, was. Ninety eight. Ninety eight's a good age yeah, too. Yeah, you really you don't wish to go to ninety eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you you really don't wish to go to ninety eight. <laughs> I'll be taking an exit. I'm pretty sure before that one. Trust me, you don't. So, but um, on a on a note, I do want to thank everyone on the boards who expressed their condolences to me and my family. They were greatly appreciated. And, um, yeah, so, so, yeah, so, um, the, I didn't really have get a us out of this one. Wait, get us out of this one. Yeah. So I didn't have a Valentine's Day. So. <laughs> I actually do have a good story because I don't ever, we don't, we don't do Valentine's because we're of the belief that, you know, you should love your partner for all 365 days, not just one day out of the year and do something extra. Um, but what since crap one, is that anyway, yeah. go on. Yeah. So this was, this was our, our, our 10 years together, um, more or less, um, only married for for one year, but we won't we won't go on that. But this is for for triage for anybody that's that's because uh, everybody knows her. Um, but she decided to do something where she would give me an item could be small could be large an item a day for the ten days leading up. And so some of the cool things that she got me she got me a um, like a knit stuffed creature of Falcor from Neverending Story, which is really awesome. 
Um, for anybody that has ever watched the show Angel, there was an episode, I believe it was in the, the last Muppet season, episode. Where he turns into the puppet. Yeah, so man. now I have Battle Damage Angel, and it is awesome. That's, that's a really <laughs> I great. I got like a doll stand for it, so now he's just like standing up on the doll stand, and it's just it's it's really really cool. Um, also got a uh, the Witcher necklace, the official Witcher necklace, which is really cool. Um, got another skateboard for my wall. I've got the uh, Skeletor Masters of the Universe skateboards, and I've got two skateboards hanging up on my wall. And then I think of a couple of other uh, smaller stuff. But it was it was really cute, and it was really cool. And I so Valentine's you know, was kind of like a mini Christmas for you, or actually probably yeah. better than most Christmases. I, I I seriously value my wife, so thank you very much, Triage. Oh, we we don't even want to know what you got her. She got you all that stuff. Um, I'm getting her stuff just constantly. I did get her a couple of things. <laughs> I don't remember what now, but it was I a bag just... of Skittles, and she got three every day. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. All right. What about you, Sully? How was uh, February for you? Uh, I got really busy at work. Realized it was Valentine's Day. Tried to pull up hard. Looked for a hotel for my wife and I for the weekend with a hot tub in the room. Utterly failed. Oh, hundred miles to live in the freaking woods, and then cooked my ass off for her all weekend. Pretty sure she appreciated all that effort. She seemed to she seemed to be all right with it. What do you say, hon? Yeah, yeah, that's a thumbs up. <laughs> uh, I think for me, my girlfriend, we're, she's not into uh, me buying her gifts. She just buys the gifts she wants, and then I just give her money for it. Uh, <laughs> so it's pretty efficient because I don't really want to go through that process of having to find her the gifts she wants. It's pretty cool. We just stayed at home, got drunk, and ate steak. So I'm, I was happy with my Valentine's Day. Nice. So uh, with February, it's only the second month of the year. To be honest, it felt like it's been two months and one month, even though this is the shortest month of the year. Uh, it's just gone by pretty slow, but we've actually got a decent amount of uh, stuff leading up to the releases of the new consoles, or at least Microsoft has. They put out some stuff. Yeah, Microsoft essentially, for all intents and purposes, uh, confirmed or at least somewhat validated the leak from 4chan, the most recent leak of the specs of the of the two uh, next gen consoles from 4chan. That's right. I, I mean, more or less, uh, the leak for the is Xbox Series X said that it was 11.8 teraflops or, uh, with an RDNA of 1.5. Well, Microsoft confirmed it's uh, 12 teraflops and an RDNA of two. Was, uh, was the 12 teraflops what was, I believe, Digital Foundry was just kind of guesstimating, like, if Sony's going to go the more cost-efficient route, they were going to go somewhere between, like, what, 11 or something teraflops? So the, the deal with the teraflops is that so there's, there's, there's a lot of factors here, but basically uh, the, the, the bigger picture is Microsoft continues to do what everyone in the industry does, which is confirm things that have been leaked. Um, so, th- you know, they had to respond, right? Someone, there's plenty of insiders these days. Um, so they had to respond. But the gist is 12 teraflops, 11.5, who cares? Right, uh, exactly. It, it's a really important thing to understand that the less teraflops you have to throw around, the more important those deltas are. Where we're at right now, the point is the two systems will essentially have parity and function. I posted that picture several months ago of when it came to these, whatever the next box was going to be versus the PlayStation of the Spider-Men pointing at each other. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, that is, oh, you. it is going to be that. Sure, absolutely. Even on the leak specs, the Sony console, the PS5 is 12.6 teraflops. So let's look at these little number variances. Sure. If it's 11 point whatever, or it's 12, all they're doing is messing around with the clock speeds and mm-hmm. managing the temperatures to equal out to whatever that is. It's not a different chip or anything like that. No. What we do know, and what's interesting is this, sure. RDNA 2.0 
doesn't exist on the market yet. So in an interesting way, we're back to 2005 with the launch of Xbox 360 when the Xenon processor or, or GPU was launched, and there were certain aspects of it that weren't available in the PC market. Mm-hmm. So it's much better than just what happened with the last generation was just off-the-shelf PC parts and not very That's good right. ones at that. That's right. So you've, you've got a couple of things going on there. The last generation launched, and the, the best thing you could say about it was the RAM was reasonably sufficient for the time period, and that the, that the memory pool, at least on Sony's side, was unified. That was a big jump. Mm-hmm. But overall, you basically had very piss-poor laptop processor bundled with a modestly capable GPU. Mm-hmm. Whereas this time, by way of comparison, you're going to get an extremely beefy CPU mm-hmm. with a lot of cores to throw at situations, plenty of RAM, uh, <coughs> and finally, the piece de resistance, the SSD. Yeah, yeah, it's going to have a powerful GPU. That's actually pretty cool. But again, the big story is the SSD. Did you guys see that leaked uh, photo uh, about having its own special, uh, I guess, uh, a proprietary port for special hard drives? Because if you really think about it... Um what are you yes, do? yeah, yeah. No, everyone was trying to wonder, was wondering <laughs> right. about what was that port on the back of the of the series. That's right. X. Um, and so, yeah, it will be an external uh, drive connector, and that's because if you think you're going to get a big drive, you're not. You're going to get big games and a small drive, and you're going to be happy. But that that's okay. Um, the that aspect is not such a big deal. I think people need to realize that once those systems go mass market, after the first year, they'll stop price gouging, and there will be. Uh, really uh, cost-effective large storage options. The reason I brought up uh, the specs wise, because I think one of the things uh, Sony wants to do what they did last time is undercut Microsoft on the price. Right. And that's kind of why I think a lot of the rumors are circulating that Sony's waiting for Microsoft to shoot their load first. And they're kind of, they're kind of are, but like you said, they're mostly just proving what, what the leaks are. Right. Sure. My question was like, so would a, a cheaper, uh, and you said, you brought it up too, it's not a different uh, GPU or different processors. No, no they're, these yeah. are both AMD Zen 2 processors. So, so where do you think the cost cutting is going to come from? Because Microsoft, I don't think they're well, going to cost Well, we don't know. We don't even know if Sony will undercut the price of Microsoft's yeah. console. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the interesting things that we heard from Microsoft, and you got to be, you, you've got to parse... Uh, Phil's words. He always looks high, but he actually is responsible (laughs) for saying very specific things carefully. Um, So the gist is this. Microsoft is is pivoting away from the traditional rival to Sony. That's not where they want to be. It's not advantageous as a comparison, right? You don't want to be the second hottest guy in the office. Well, even then, like Microsoft is never going to outsell Sony ever in the console. That's right. And they just don't care. They don't. Their strategy is more doors by which to get to their product versus Sony's approach of the curated superior experience. Sony has the biggest in-house development of anyone, and they're going to keep pushing that. And there's, you know, as Wade has alluded to many a time, there's that Sony experience with games, right? Mm -hmm. Over the shoulder and all those tiers. And they're good at it. That's what they do, right? How else would we have all been forced to suffer happily through whatever the hell that last E3 presentation was? <laughs> right? Like, oh, half an hour of string music. You betcha. Show me the game. So anyway, um, the consoles will be largely identical. When they say that they're custom blah, 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 all they're saying is they're tweaking a chip that's going to exist on the mass market in some seg- segment. And they're, they probably have a custom cooler and shroud that fits the physical displacement within the system. But essentially, whatever this uh, RNDA 
chip is, we're going to get probably some mid-tier version of it for these consoles. The big news, the happy news, is that we're getting uh, our DNA 2 at all. Mm -hmm. That's a really good thing. That's that's forward leaning. There was a danger. What was, you for the benefit of our audience, seeing as how you're, can you explain what our DNA is? Sure, it's a bullshit business term. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, it's just another architectural generation of card. Okay, so um, AMD has done a lot of work over the last couple of years to to kind of figure out how they want to get ahead, and what they're doing is they're bringing the bottom up. That's been their game, mm -hmm. meaning they're not fighting for the high-end sector. They're, no, they, they're they've, effect, they've effectively conceded that, at least in the PC GPU space to NVIDIA. For sure. Yeah. yeah. But what they want is the dollars uh, to performance ratio. Right. They want that in their favor, and that's how they grow their market. Cheaper CPUs that perform nearly as good and recently as good, depending, uh, as Intel's more expensive counterpart. And then against NVIDIA... They want to be the GPU for the proletariat, <laughs> the VW bug of GPUs. And with RDNA 2.0, what you get is all the bells and whistles that NVIDIA has been selling you at premium, uh, some variant of that with more open source solutions. So that's really good for everybody. That's a mass market product. It's a matured mass market product. The big headline, though, is 12 teraflops. That's nice. That's a real good baseline to work with. If it's 11.5, whatever. Same, yeah. same. same. Yeah, effectively. Now, let's talk about what both consoles have as being a bullet point that they're, that they're expressing. And you can perhaps talk about this. Ray tracing. Yeah. What can we expect, just based on what you've seen, of the performance or quality of ray tracing? Because we know that even with the high-end PC GTX 2080 Ti cards... You know, right. you you enable ray tracing. Sure, it looks really nice, but that performance uh -huh. takes a really decent smack in the face. <laughs> when that so occurs. there's there's a lot of things going on, and to to understand it would take way longer than this podcast. But I'm I'm going to take you guys on a high level quick tour here. Ray tracing is expensive. Ray tracing is right now pretty much just being used for uh, lighting, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, you could ray trace all scenes and nobody would render anything for games because we can't afford that kind of power. But for a lighting model, it's still ridiculously expensive. So what's been happening in the background is a whole bunch of features like DLSS, right? Um, DLSS is an alternative technique that allows you to render an image at a lower internal rendering rate and then scale it up using the artificial intelligence of the graphics card. Now, to date, that is a feature only available on NVIDIA cards. I suspect something similar will be available on the AMD side with the launch of these RDNA 2.0 cards. So why that matters is this. Since ray tracing is more expensive, you need to have a trade-off. The trade-off is by rendering the image internally at a lower resolution, you're saving the cost of power there mm -hmm. and applying that to your ray tracing routine. So when you're saying is that, say, for example, as opposed to rendering the image at, uh, you know, UHD 4K, 1440? Sure, or even 1080p. Or even 1080. Mm -hmm. Whichever works, right? I mean, ultimately, especially, so this is where it gets interesting with consoles. And, and PC people and console people, we, we don't really talk the same language, even though we think we do. Um, consoles are curated experiences. I alluded to this in that thread uh, where I was talking about all these features. Consoles are a curated experience. The whole job of a console is to maximize what you think you, you're seeing. 
did you see what you thought you saw? Maybe not. Mm -hmm. If you compare it frame by frame like Digital Foundry does, you'll find the missing parts. But mm -hmm. it's the job of that those console developers to hide those limitations from you. And because of that, because it's a fixed target, they can really sculpt the image that, we, that they want to, including open world games. People think that's not true of open world games. It is. There's lots of tricks they can do. But in addition to those kind of tricks, we're also implementing things like DLSS, which is going to allow for ray tracing. The real question is just how much ray tracing will these consoles have? Absolutely no one knows the answer to that except for the people working on it. There's going to be such a wide variety of applications for ray tracing. The different ways they'll use it will really come down to the camera and style of game, the frame rate, uh, the size of the environment. All of those will play a factor in just how much ray tracing will be present. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you got one of those beefy uh, video cards for your computer, right? I do. How yes. much ray tracing would you say you've experienced so far? Um, it's getting better, but at first it was pretty anemic and it, it absolutely just trashed performance. Now, thanks to advances in, in DLSS the and, and the drivers, the drivers, absolutely. The dr NVIDIA's drive, NVIDIA seems to put out an, a, a driver, I don't know, every other week or so now. Um, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's maturing. It's always maturing. The real challenge is that currently NVIDIA is pretty much the only entity really crowing about ray tracing. Now, ray tracing is inevitable. It's going to happen. But because it's on boutique cost cards, there's very few games that run it. It looks great. It is amazing. If you, want to, if you want to play Quake 2 with it, you can. <laughs> no, but there's, I mean, look, I'll tell you what. I have to overclock my card to get a solid 60. But with the right settings, I can do some pretty good ray tracing in Metro Exodus. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it doesn't make it a better game, but it makes <laughs> it a very pretty game, you know? So ray tracing has come a long way. When they first put ray tracing out there, clearly they did not have an efficient algorithm for it, yeah. and it really boned performance. It is still expensive, but I've seen some pretty good implementations of it. Deliver Us the Moon is a game that supports RTX, and uh, it's well implemented, looks fantastic, and it's not a hard hit. I keep a solid 60 frames a second at 4K. Now, Deliver Us the Moon, though, isn't that a bit in the graphics of Deliver Us the Moon a bit more stylized and realistic? So Yeah. So, they, so well, I mean, it's that's, in between, right? Okay. So, okay. like, I would say that it's a filter on realistic graphics. Okay. So the polygon count's pretty high in it, but the texturing is a little soft. Okay. So, you know, that kind of stylization. Got it, got it, got it, yeah. Because it, I've looked at screenshots of the Resume and I said, well, it's not quite, let's say, Metro Exodus level of um, yeah. realism, but it's not, for example, Fortnite level of stylization. Right, right. It's, okay, got it. Yeah, it's not minimalism. Mm -hmm. It is attempting some level of realism with some filters. But, but the bottom line is, it, we don't know what AMD's response is to NVIDIA. NVIDIA's approach has been very clear customized hardware cores specifically designed to handle ray tracing, right? So when we talk about teraflops, for those who don't know, teraflops are a form of measuring calculations per second in regard to rasterizing, right? Rasterization, which is the traditional method of making what appears to be a 3D object on a 2D plane. Whereas ray tracing's calculations and methodology work completely different and they do not use that as a measurement. So when we're talking in terms of ray tracing power, that is completely different than the 12 teraflops. 
Yeah, and I feel like Microsoft just kind of threw it out there because at some point everyone's asking, what are the numbers? What are the... And, you know, sure. I think Sony would do the same. Um, yeah. This is kind of run down the, the quick specs that they kind of dropped on us. It looks like they, they're going to do VRS, so variable rate shading, right? Uh-huh. So, so that's one of the things that they're going to do with the console. Uh, and that's another technique that reduces the load on rastered graphic rendering, which can be put over to ray tracing. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I don't, I, I can't see it working any other way because that, from what I've read and heard about it, it's very smart, I guess, because you don't need to do it on everything. Just you know, that's right. What's in front of you? Um, another thing that they've also talked about: uh, HDMI two point one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is I, some TVs have it now, but nothing's really taken advantage of it. For your a GPU, does it output at two point one or no? Nothing does. So the closest we have right now, uh, ironically, would be that there are features that are part of the two, 2.1 HDMI suite that are currently available on Xbox One X. Those being the low latency mode mm-hmm. and the variable frame rate, rate mode. Yeah. For me, I think that's what's what I'm looking forward to is uh, actually having, because my TVs, you know, I got to upgrade them. I think only one of mine does is the Samsung that does VR. I don't know what the implementation is going to be on the Xbox, but I think on uh, the current Xbox X, it's limited to 60 frames. So you have to fall be- between what is it, right. like, like 40 to, you can't dip lower than 40 or something like that. That's or right. else it's just yeah, not yeah. There's work. a window and that window will increase with the, with the frame rate range provided by HDMI 2.1. It says that it can support 120 frames per second. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll ever uh-huh. stay there, but it's... Well, it's... <laughs> Here, here's the thing. There's tricks. The, the first step is, will there be anything worth rendering at 120 frames a second on those consoles? Mm, right. Racing. Maintaining or, 120 or, frames or, a second. Or, or, or necessary to, remain, to maintain. I don't even sure. think Forza 7, uh, or I assume, I, I forget what number of Forza. Like 12, I think. Okay. Is, is, is going to necessitate 120 FPS. I mean, that's it, about something like Street Fighter, fighting oh, games. Might, yep. Might? So, yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. And, but, so there's a very vocal minority of gamers who are competitive players who are always going to yell for higher and higher and higher frame rates. No doubt about it. But again, it comes down to what type of game, right? Consoles are just beginning to enjoy 60 frames a second. I seriously doubt there will, it will be remotely normal to see 120 frames a second on, on the console side of things, let alone the PC side of things. There will be games that will say, oh, yeah, we can, like, you know how, what was it nowadays where uh, I think we had that big old uh, argument on the boards with, uh, who's, uh, and I just can't think of the name. We, we bought him an Xbox One X. Um, we, we bought someone an Xbox One X. You don't remember that? To be honest, over the years we I bought a lot of people that. a lot of things. We, I, 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 we, we chipped in. People, we've given people PS4s, but I don't remember giving anyone an and Xbox hand lotion by mistake. Oh man, <laughs> I've not been on the boards for that long. Uh, yeah, but we, since when did we give someone an Xbox? You One know, X? We, he was on the podcast too. Oh, uh, well, was it Tomcat? Tomcat, yeah, we Tom bought Tomcat. Tom, yeah, we, Tom, we yeah. bought Tomcat on Xbox One X, That's and right. yeah, yeah. and he would spit out stuff like, "Oh, games are definitely going to be sixty frames per second. He didn't say well, they'll Tom stay. Tomcat is at... our most optimistic Microsoft fan. <laughs> Tomcat is Phil. It's Phil. Phil's Tomcat it is actually Phil. Phil's Phil. <laughs> it's his alt account. <laughs> but he had a point. Yeah. He had a point. He, he did say they were going to be sixty frames per second games. They didn't say they were going to stay at sixty frames per second games, though. So again, this is this is this is endless thing. On PC, we do things, yes, we PC people, we do things in in a very raw way. We say, 
if it's this resolution, it's this resolution all the time. If it's this frame rate, it's this frame rate all the time. You guys are lying. Because well, we're brute forcers. We're, we're, we're yeah, climatized yeah. trying to lock things into certain specifics because they give us those options and we can take our paycheck and convert it into that answer. Right. We uh, can, <laughs> yes, we could use our credit cards to attain uh-huh. that. Whereas on the console, they can... You can, they can, they, they, they we got layaway on consoles, the, okay? Layaway. Well, what, yeah, oh. well, on the console, what you do is you... Compromise. For, compromise. <laughs> In some instances, yeah. you drop that resolution from 4K to slightly less than 4K. You know, whatever... Like how the Call of Duty, when, when it first went high definition, was actually being internally rendered at like 480p. <laughs> not, so, not so high def. Sometimes 520p. Yay. Yeah. Anyway... Point being, consoles are a curated experience, and the fact is, consoles are a mass market product. Most people are very happy now with the image quality produced by a console. We can debate 30 and 60 frames, but I'll tell you that there's a lot of folks I know that can't tell the difference, and I know you can train to know the difference because I live that every day, but uh, most people don't. Uh, so the the big and salient point is welcome to the SSD world, console owners. Yeah, you yeah. be very happy. When I went SSD for my PC build, my PC well, it's soon going to be five years ago. My God, time flies. Sounds like you need um, a new one. Not until I see what the new GPUs are going to be, whatever that looks like. No, really, the SSDs are are great because it also helps things be quieter too. Correct. So, which is great. It It really is. But more importantly, the two features that aren't getting a lot of attention but really should are the SSD and the CPU. And the reason why is is multifaceted. Um, Hallelujah for the CPU. No shit. Hallelujah. Oh, my God, yeah. I've heard on the PC side, and it's true, you know, the CPU is basically these days just a timing belt unless you're playing like a massive RTS game. And that's true. It really is true. In fact, here's a fun fact, folks. Your CPU basically is a is that timing belt. So the higher the resolution you game at, the less the CPU gets used. What a wacky world. But if we have good CPUs in all these consoles, then developers will take advantage of them. I mean, I can right. imagine in a, yep. like a game like uh, Skyrim, like they make the next one, right? Remember how they used to have like NPCs do their own tasks, but they'll do it like behind the scenes? Yes. Now they don't have to do it behind the scenes. They'll do it right in front of you, all their tasks. Yep. Fun fact. Um, the more cores you have on a CPU, the better equipped that CPU is to work in tandem with a GPU to do, drum roll, ray tracing. Which is what they've said on both on the, on the, on the uh, 4chan leak. Um, for both consoles, they if the CPU will have dedicated cores for ray tracing. That's right. what they indicated. So wherever the cores exist or don't exist, the point is a CPU with more cores, one of its better uses, specifically in rendering graphics for games, would be to offload the overhead for ray tracing onto the CPU. Hooray! Something to do with your CPU. And then you add in SSDs. PC people appreciate SSDs because they help with load times. And that's nice. But the reality is we haven't seen a world of games that are built around SSDs. So that's going to be a big change in the company. Right. Yep. That, that's right. Every game that's been up to this point has had to assume a mechanical hard drive. Correct. I mean, and they're still going to have to assume a mechanical hard drive for a little while longer. 
But eventually, there will be a point where developers will say, will stop assuming a mechanical hard drive. Correct. During and for first-party titles, Sony seems very hell-bent on leveraging that SSD to curate those first-party titles and have instant save states and yep. high levels of streaming worlds, right? So let's hope this means the death of pop-in for high-definition graphics while swinging through Spider-Man's next adventure. <laughs> Jose, you're, you're, you're mentioning something. I think you were probably going to mention the entire about the fact that Phil said every game is going to run on every Xbox. I guess that's where you're going, right? Yeah, at least for the first two years or so. I'm not sure if you put out a specific number, but yes. Um, for example, Halo, right? It's definitely going to be a launch title for uh, the sex, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So with that or being, near it anyway. Yeah, maybe. So with that being said, um, how do you think the crossplay is going to work with one mechanical hard drive? Do the new consoles just going to have to slow down, or so the other consoles can keep up, or what do you think is going to happen there? Well, I think the same thing that happens with Destiny. To be very candid, I mean, look, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's as much to do with the server side as it has to do with the hard drives, right? Like, you're talking about something that's not just the interplay of loading the local client, but mm-hmm. it also has to stay synchronized with the back-end server. So I think there'll still be long load screens for multiplayer games, candidly. Well, what about player count, for example? You know, obviously the new consoles will be able to accommodate that with the CPU and obviously with the faster hard I don't see a significant jump in player counts. Not even um, with all these Battle Royale games still nah, sticking around? Well, I think Battle Royale, well, of course. Look, so, but, look what they do, though. Look what they do. The, the bigger the player count, the more stylized the graphics. Yep, you have, to re- you have to reduce the overall fidelity. Totally. So, I mean, look, the good news is this. A lot of these Battle Royale games, they're not actually as memory-intensive as people imagine. And one of the cool things is, with the amount of system RAM these units will have, they will likely just load the whole level into resident memory. Yeah, if you look at, I mean, the battle royale, there the the environments that you're in in a battle royale being the one that has the most highest player counts, they're not particularly interactive. Right. You're not and, you're not looking at areas where there's a significant amount of physics actions going that's right. on, and or, they're predictable know? because most of them have some kind of ring that closes in. Right. It's not like, um, and the series sucks now, but it's not like Battlefield where you do have physics objects, you know. You know like stuff uh, flying and, around. And stuff flying around. So you look at your standard Battle Royale map, and most of my experience has been with PUBG and Apex Legends. I, don't, I didn't pay any attention to whatever Battlefield's Battle Royale mode was, <laughs> and neither did anyone else. He's being, you know, um, cryptic about it, but I think Wade may not be enjoying Battlefield anymore. Uh, Battlefield Five, Battlefield. The ten hours I put into that was, you know, <laughs> multiplayer. Anyway, but yeah, if you look at Apex Legends or PUBG, not a lot is happening on those sure. maps. From a, they're not destructible environment. Being is that it's not necessary. Having to necessarily take advantage of an SSD streaming capability to bring yep. in or intensive CPU calculations going on. Like, remember, there's there's other strategies that are going to come into play. As an example, Microsoft can say whatever they want about the game will run on every system up and down the stack, but you can guarantee that the base Xbox days are numbered within oh, sure. 12 no. to 18 months of the launch of the next system. The one S, yeah, that yeah, toasty, uh, yeah, yeah, and they'll move on, and then there'll be the mid-gen refresh, 
have no doubt about that. There's no reason not to push a mid-gen refresh if the economics are there. With the, going back to the backwards compatibility, didn't they say that anything that you can play today, yep. you'll still be able to play? And so that's a very specific Compelling. distinction. Yeah. So you can't take, you know, any random old Xbox, you know, original Xbox disc that you had that wasn't compatible and throw it into the Series X and have it work. It's I think it's going to still work like, you know, if, if you have the Xbox games that are compatible on the current one, you have the online library. Or if you have the Xbox One games right now, those will all be backwards compatible. Yeah, so anything that can play on Xbox One will play on the mm-hmm. you know Series X, and that's a good thing because um, you know we still got a pretty big backlog that we have to get through, yeah. and and you know we also launch games aren't always the best, so we got a lot of stuff to play. What? What? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, how dare you say that about Killzone Shadowfall? Mm, such a three four game. three better not screw us which oh my god god if you guys ever want a cure for insomnia kill zone shadowfall is i beat great, that damn is a great cure but let's get to something sully where do you see this landing price wise so it's it's a safe bet to call it 500 bucks okay all right. I think I'm, that Microsoft knows that regardless of the cost of the actual hardware, 600 bucks no, is no, a no, history. No, no. That's a I, landmine. It's a, right? Well, it's a, it's a meme. $600 is a Absolutely. meme. Absolutely. Thanks to Sony. So, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, I, I was, uh, that's where I'm at too. Although I would not be surprised if they did something, not 400, you know, because I think that's definitely mm-hmm. out of the question. But Phil making a great pitch to. Microsoft management saying, "How about 450?" Mm-hmm. I can uh, see it. I can see. About, I mean, there's any number of combinations. I can see 500 with X number of free months of Xbox Live Game Pass. Gold or Ultimate because that's what they Ultimate. really want to yep. sell you. Yep, yep, right. Yep. They want to sell you the Game Pass. You're right. So that's you know it, the once again we go back to this idea of they want to sell the razors, not the handle. Oh, right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's a great analogy. Of course. That's where Gillette makes its freaking money. It's, totally. It's, what so, about a, a controllerless uh, console? If they just release it, just the controller, because I mean, just the console, because the controllers they said they're going to be backwards compatible. That's a way so they can save Everybody already sure. has a controller, so why would they need to package it in? So I think that that's an interesting thing. People offer these kind of ideas all the time, and I think that what the fact that we've never seen it probably indicates that that has something to do with supply line management that's mm-hmm. challenging, right? Now, I don't know what that is, but I'll tell you as a project manager, there's lots of nuts and bolts in the background of any project that you deliver, and it's a huge pain in the ass to be able to dynamically allocate resources on the fly. Uh, so maybe, I mean, that's certainly a possibility, but if anything, I would see that for the mid-generation refresh because we forgot another feature. Supposedly, the new controller with the XSX is supposed to be some kind of low-latency controller. Not that that's essential, but it's part of synchronizing every possible bottleneck to reduce the latency from the time you push the button to what you see on the screen. And supposedly, that is an aspect of uh, this next system. And here, I'm, I'm just happy we're getting a share button. <laughs> <laughs> and the share button. Do you think that's going to be based off a new wireless technology, like uh, how they did with the Xbox Ones, where they added Bluetooth I'm going to be real later? honest. I don't understand how you... I, I don't understand how you do that. So I'm going to have to see like a nice white paper on how they're <laughs> achieving that claim. I get how 
synchronizing your screen with your rendering device can reduce latency. That makes sense to me because that's about as soon as the graphics card produces it, right. you push it out of the frame buffer. But 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 with an external device like a controller, right. um, I don't know how that synchronizes in time with the button pushing of little Jimmy and his ADD. Yeah. Like I'm not sure how that works. Well, um, we've got to wait till they bring out some numbers. I'm sure they're going to bring all that. St- well, I hope they bring that up at E3. Well, I hope there's an E3. <laughs> I mean, Microsoft. Sometime in the summer, Microsoft is going to be at their was it that building, the Microsoft building. They're going to be there. So sometime that, this that, year, something. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only other technology that they they brought up was smart delivery, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Which just means like you know games are going to not all download at once, or you know parts of it. Is is that what it was? Or well, smart delivery is not just that. It's also this argument that when you buy the game once, oh yeah, 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 you buy it, you buy it, you, you buy it. it. In theory, giant asterisk forever. Wasn't it just like the same? same, I would say it's the same thing as cross buy, but I mean, I guess it's slightly different. You know, it's a small thing, but it's a huge thing because, like, I'm I am getting Final Fantasy remake seven remake part one of nine thousand. Somewhere, Bacon is throwing rocks at me (laughs) right now, but. You know, that annoys me because it's right at the end of the PS4 and even the PS4 Pro. We all know that game's going to dog in spots. So I'd rather play it on the 5. So I think Microsoft's got the right answer there, and I hope Sony responds in a similar fashion. I, I can't I can't see Sony not responding. <laughs> right. Yeah, I just can't. It'd be Look, Sony could be dumb on occasion. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, really dumb, uh, uh, but I can't I see. believe they pronounce that arrogant. But I can't see them not doing something similar to it. It's like, now, Agreed. The caveat being that if this works, if it's the same game, when I say that, the same, let's call it the same skew, right? right? The way you get around that is you released a different skew. Game of the Year edition. 2.0 edition, or the Enhanced edition. Oh, or the FF7, it's going to be the Complete edition, which complete isn't going to be available edition. until PlayStation 9. Correct, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Episodic content is making his way back. Well, but so this is interesting. You know, way back, and by way back, I mean just two months ago, I think, when we <laughs> rejuvenated this podcast, Wade made the point that Microsoft's leading the way with their with their business initiatives in gaming. Mm-hmm. And to that end, you have Game Pass, and we didn't really talk about this before, but the potential of Sony games coming to PC. I mean, we do know. I mean, there is, the, and the long-standing rumor is that event that is that Horizon Zero Dawn is going to get a PC release. I mean, right. it, even Amazon France posted a uh, a page for it, kind of, um, the other day. So, uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, again, it it just comes back down to the companies now. Sony, not nearly as much as Microsoft, but it's all about the ecosystem. It's that's not right about freaking platform it's, it's about not. the ecosystem and it's not about fanboys either it's about money as it always money. has been it's money yeah St- straight cash homie that's what it's all about <laughs> oh i love that just happened yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one other uh, technical thing um that we haven't brought up yet that i'm curious to see how it's going to work in the games is aren't the triggers supposed to have dedicated haptics yeah, the new system. That's I think that's going to be nice because again, when when Rumble when Rumble was first introduced, everyone's like, "Who cares? Why do we need our right. controller to vibrate?" And now mm-hmm. we can't imagine our controllers without right. vibrate. So to have the triggers, especially with shooting games, because you know anyone that's fired an actual gun, you know when you pull the trigger, you actually do have, you know, a different type of, of feedback when it, the spring, you know, right. kind of clicks back. And so to actually have that in the in triggers on a controller is going to be something totally. else. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot they can do with tactile feedback 
that hopefully they will implement. We've heard this talk before, though. I mean, never forget Nintendo's high definition rumble. <laughs> Microsoft kind of has that. Come on, they kind of have that now with their rumble. They have two sets sort of rumbles of. in the triggers. I yeah. mean, it's not quite there, but it's it's still. I would say it's like a one point five jump from previous rumble. But right. you know, they're getting there. Other than the controllers, uh, I think Microsoft is really focusing on, like you guys said, software and services, right? Mm-hmm. Where I feel as Sony, I mean, I don't know. This is, again, just all what I think, because they like to play to the crowd. Boy, you know, do if they you, ever. If you remember <laughs> that E3, this is how we share games, you know? But they have to. Like, keep keep something in mind always. Sony is the biggest name in gaming right now, but they're not the biggest name in the world. Microsoft may have gone the route of IBM in the last couple of years where they're not as forward facing as maybe a Google or an Amazon, but do not mistake them for anything less than an 800 pound gorilla. Dude, they are still, they only just lost their trillion dollar market cap in the last couple of days. I remember back when people were writing off Microsoft as a whole, as a dinosaur. Mm -hmm. No, they've reinvented themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And a trillion dollar market cap speaks volumes. Moving away. Away from hardware to software, which is where they started, was ultimately fortuitous. So I think I think Microsoft's making Microsoft is trying to be the pro-consumer giant. Sony is trying to be the we're the pole position and we have the most curated experience, sure. you know, slick and polish. And Nintendo is that weird, creepy uncle. <laughs> that sometimes surprises you and it doesn't turn out to be creepy, and you're like, wow, you have an artistic side. That's amazing. They're releasing Animal Crossing uh, next month, hey, right? Hey, they're releasing it the same day as Doom Eternal, and apparently the, there is a lot of cross, cross-pollination cross going on between those two brands. I know uh, it. For, Loving it's, it. It's weird as hell, but kind of cool at the same yeah, time. it's pretty great. So, so that, that confirms Doom Guy and uh, Smash Brothers, right? That would be the next step Amazing. that they should do, <laughs> is, is absolutely. And straight well, on oh, to Mortal Kombat after that. So now that we've discussed this to death, I think we need to move to the other question. Will these consoles even necessarily launch this autumn, this holiday season? Yes. And we're asking that. The reason why we're asking that is because of the continued situation of COVID-19 dominating the world. And just for the people that don't know there, that means coronavirus. I'm pretty sure Wade does not want to call it the coronavirus. (laughs) No, I just like saying COVID-19 because it actually sounds kind of cool. Sounds scary that way. Stop it, Wade. So the reason why it is is because the virus originated in China. uh, And, well, that is where the global supply chain effectively (laughs) – that's the point where the raw materials for just about Mm -hmm. everything that you have as an electronics product go into – their manufacturing and fabrication facilities, and then pop out on the assembly lines across the ocean to your pockets uh, or your living room. So right now, for the last... uh, Now, here's the thing. I don't know if in the provinces in China that have been hardest hit by the coronavirus, if these are necessarily the the, uh, the manufacturing facilities there are involved in the production of any of the components for the next generation consoles. It's just, I don't know that off the top of my head. I mean, they said that my it's bad. supposedly not affecting their supply chain, but who knows? Yeah. But who knows? Well, that's an evolving statement. 
Like right. that's a snapshot, right? Like anyone can tell you that the Baghdad Bob was like, they're nowhere near us. Right. Um, so that'll, that'll change over. And the here's week. the thing I, is the thing is that it, it, it's true. I mean, we don't know uh, essentially, I mean, in Wuhan and a couple of those provinces that are, that have it. Okay. Even if the supply chain is not there for the consoles, it, that doesn't mean that the virus and, or people infected with it don't spread it to the areas where the supply chain is. Mm. For the prefab facilities. So this is what I'll say. I think that there's a lot of smoke and fire are indistinguishable in the early phases of panic. So I'll say this. One, production usually starts at about a half year prior to the actual launch. Because it's not only about production, it's about getting units uh, throughout the entire distribution chain. And it's all and, right. And it's also keeping in mind, too, as well, that these facilities that are producing that are the or fabricating the units as well uh, as well they're not necessarily dedicated to entirely to the those lines aren't necessarily dedicated entirely to the production of those consoles they could be they can also be assembling televisions they could be assembling iphones they could be assembling whatever it is and those and it's a very complex logistical process. Sully can speak mm-hmm. to this as well. That you have to schedule and coordinate all those things. So you know, it, it's not like, for example, let's say the factory is stopped right now. It doesn't mean that you know. But when it comes back on, it comes back online again. They're going to be manufacturing the Xbox One Series X units. They may have to produced uh, Samsung products or whatever the case may be. Sure. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of strategic decisions that need to be made by semiconductor companies all the way up. But the reality is that my guess would be this. Many of the dyes that will go into PS5 and next Xbox are already tapped out. Mm -hmm. So worst case scenario, unless we're dealing with I have to eat my neighbor at the end of this year because that's how society's gone, um, which I wouldn't. He's terribly nice. His name's Joe. Uh, but more than likely, you'd get a paper launch where the systems would launch. There would be some supply in the chain. It just wouldn't probably satisfy the initial order batch. It well, rarely ever does already. Well, it's absolutely true. We, we kind of got lucky last generation and that it did. Yeah, you a- were right. You were able to walk into a store. Sure. You were able to get your one, your Xbox One. You're able to get your well, PS4. More. Don Matrix helped us all with that. Didn't <laughs> well, yeah, you were. They were throwing Xbox Ones at you to, to, yeah. to, to take them. Homeschool haircut really saved us all in that. That one. was, but that was not the case. The paper launch was the case with the PlayStation Three and the mm-hmm. and the Three Sixty. Oh, it was just with all that generation Wii's yeah. Three Sixty. I remember. I think yeah. I pre-ordered my Three Sixty. And I was like number 17 at GameStop or something like that, and they only got like eight of them. If anything, I would huh. say what happened last generation was the exception. I mean, right. they, did, they did use cheaper parts, so I'm sure maybe the supply chain was easier uh, to, to build these things. Well, again, all of this is really tricky, and this is why game stores, as an example, love pre-orders. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is everything got a lot easier when most people order their shit through Amazon. Because then it's an internal matter of reallocation. They can throw on a plane, bump from hub to hub, and handle it internally. Whereas previously, pre-orders were used to determine the general interest by location. And that would determine your allocation for the store. Correct. That's right. And in 2005, Amazon Prime wasn't a thing. So so I think in general, it's it's going to sell fast. No, no two ways about it. I expect shortages on all the consoles, period. Yeah. If for no other reason than the fact that it is possible that even if 
there is no disruption to the launch and there is an initial stock, the companies themselves may be taking an initial bath with market factors, with, you know, COVID-19, all this. Mm-hmm. And or, you know, the next wacky round of tariffs. The release is all fine and dandy, but when are we going to get a reveal with the PS5? That's uh, after, that, after Microsoft. That is actually a great question because the reason it's funny because there was the rumor that Sony was going to have something in February to show off that there was going to be an event. Well, nothing happened. Hey, we still got one more day. We still got one more day. Yeah, one more day. They'll be just like us. We're going to pop it right at them at the last minute. I seriously think Sony is holding their cars like close to their chest because they just want to see what Microsoft's going to do. Fact. Sony doesn't need to do anything, no yeah. matter how much people no. yell. Right. It's You're Microsoft right. who has to do something. Mm-hmm. And then, That's the narrative, it. true or not. And in fact, the reality is Microsoft doesn't have to do shit either. It's just that we as gamers are not unlike a group of children in the, <laughs> the schoolyard when someone's like, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> someone's yelling, ooh. So what, do you, what do you think Sony's going to show off next? They showed off the logo, so that's out of the way. Whoa. Right. <laughs> that went over well. That was, I mean, technically, if you count the Spider-Man demo, they've already shown off the SSD in action, yeah. if that's true, right? Uh, they could have um, been running like on a, what do you call it, uh, just a, you know, beefed up PC that's going to be a dev like kit? A, yeah, a dev uh, kit? possibly dev kit too. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, let's just do uh, predictions. What month do you think Sony will announce something? Next month? The month after that? Two months? Three months? Okay. Too variable. So, so let's think about this here. Um, six months, let's say six months prior to May. I'm going to go with May. <laughs> I say, prior. is it we're, we're in March? I say April. April. So I say May as well because I think Sony not only is not going to E3, but they're just going to take the thunder right the hell out of it and remind people who's who. So is that late, late June, early July? Uh, so E3 is usually like the second week of June. June. June yeah. So maybe the last week of May or okay. maybe just one month before. Something to make sure everyone knows. Yeah, there's a lot of polls that hold up the gaming industry, but we're the tallest. Yeah, they've just been pulling out of everything. Yeah, <laughs> if I'm them, that's my best marketing. I mean, PAX this weekend, it was supposed to be the first public showing of The Last of Us 2, and that's not right. happening. I mean, Were they supposed to be a GDC 2? Uh, I don't know if they were supposed to be a GDC. I don't think they were supposed to be a GDC. I don't believe so. Everyone's pulled out of that. So pretty yeah. much, yeah. It's it's a strange time for a console oh, GDC launch. GDC has been postponed altogether now. Damn. Well, huh. sure. I mean, every, why? Because it was gonna be like one yeah, guy from from like a small indie studio <laughs> looking around saying, "Where the hell's everybody?" Yeah, my name is Greg David Carlson, and mm-hmm. I alone came. <laughs> Yeah. So it is interesting. I, I, you know, the truth is, in any other year with any other situation, I would say that there, there's a savvy plan. But we have to realize that when it comes to global hysteria, uh, governments get to weigh in on it, that. And it's even worse now with the way social media is compared to it was. Uh, when was the last mm-hmm. outbreak that we had that was very serious? Well, SARS. 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 And one H one. Yeah, swine flu. Although that was not actually really bad for people per se. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was, but SARS was bad. That, that was early two thousands, right? Two thousand, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I, what's, I, I, what's fascinating is the whole way this has been crafted. I I said to my wife, you know, I'm not really sure what the entire game is here, but this feels like Summer of Sharks before nine eleven. Um, summer yeah. of Sharks. I you know, remember. Yes, that the shark attacks during that. It was. The, yes. It was the. Yes. 
for 17 years, it was the lowest shark attack rate, but they were running it like it was this emergent crisis. Um, oh, so then, far. And then a couple of guys flew planes into a couple of buildings. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the market correction for media. Um, but, but point being, and I'm not trying to be conspiratorial, I'm saying more it has uh, more to do with self-Twitter patient. But um, th- this this issue, the COVID-19, it's, it's lethality rate is predominantly for people 60 plus. Sure. Okay. But I think you're, go on, you're, you're, you're right. And, and, and the specific lethality, at least at the current projections, is 2x over the flu. Now, that doesn't mean it won't wind up at four. I'm not saying that. But it's not SARS. And we're certainly responding to it more than we did SARS, the drama around it. So sure. all I'm saying, because this is not a medical podcast, put it back in the box. But my guess, there's already some units going into boxes pretty soon, and there'll be some supply come November. Okay, yeah, sure. I think Sully's characterization, it's going to be a paper launch. And it might. And here's the thing. It might have been a paper launch anyway without I, the added effect of COVID-19 on it. Yeah, I would think. I think there's a lot of Sony faithful and Microsoft faithful that didn't bite on the hardware, mid-gen hardware refresh, so there's a hunger. They're going to sell out. Not, no, no issue there. Um, other than that, let's stop talking about diseases and consoles, <laughs> and let's start talking about the games. Uh, speaking of games, Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's Gate 3. I couldn't think of a better studio to be handling it than Larian, and they yesterday Agreed. they had their first public gameplay demonstration of it. Now, what I want to point out, what was great about the way that Larian and um, Sven, the guy who owns it, is that they're completely shameless, right? They mm-hmm. just enjoy what they do so much, and they want to share it. So essentially, we're used to seeing when people debut gameplay, this very polished Ubisoft EA sort of, you know, highly, highly scripted, scri- highly scripted, tightly scripted. Yep. Larian's guy gets up on stage and says, yeah, just so you know, the save system's broken, you know, and it's, you know, we haven't, no, he said, we yep. haven't implemented the save system in this yet. So if I party wipe, in this, I just have to start over again. <laughs> and he was like, and he said, "This is alpha." He says, "It may crash, it may glitch. I don't know. I'm just right. showing you." You know, it was terrific. Uh, he gets up there, he starts playing, and he party wipes. So he has to start over again <laughs> as, as being part of it. And it, what was great about was demonstrating was that nothing went right for him. He failed every dice roll. He got party wiped, you know? He did things on accident. At one point, I, I forget what he did, but he looked at it, he did something, he was like, oh, shit, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> it was very honest, it was very genuine, it was very funny, and, mm-hmm. you know, in contrast to the highly polished, highly scripted gameplay demo for something that is a pretty high-profile title, you know, sure. Baldur's Gate 3, it was refreshing to see this. I mean... To a certain extent, yes, it's Divinity Original Sin 2 in the Dungeons and Dragons universe. A lot of the fifth edition, they're using the fifth edition. You can see a lot of quite a number of assets from OS2 were being used. Sure. Um, a lot of the buttons on the interface. And I think that because we're still early, that will probably change down the road when they get more art assets in place for things like that. But I was impressed by what I saw. What I saw looked extremely enjoyable. No, it, it's it's different than old school Baldur's Gate, but that was twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. So you know, we're gonna we should expect there should be some changes to it. 
it looked terrific. It looked terrific. And it'll be an early access on Steam in a couple months' time, in a few months' time, when they feel that they're in a condition. To <laughs> Whatever that means. That could be <laughs> You know? Really, this is, I think, our, I think this was our first big game reveal of 2020. Agreed. Uh, so I, let's... Let me, let me jump in there and offer this. I'm, I'm going to talk about the things Wade and I agree on, and then right. we can get to the grudge match. Mm-hmm. Um, so first off, Larian Studios is one of the only studios in the world that should be taking on such an IP. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And the number one studio that shouldn't is BioWare. So <laughs> regardless of people's reservations about Larian, if BioWare was handling this, uh, I guess you could buy different colored hats for your characters for only a buck a piece. Uh, so it's a good thing that Larian is at the helm. Um, there is the accusation that it is a largely reskinned uh, original sin too. But again, to Wade's point, that probably has a lot to do with placeholder assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we did see even in its early stage was guaranteed a grand wide sweeping adventure with extremely high production value very high far higher than anything that larian has done before and i'll I'll add this in a day and age when everyone wants to kind of disrupt the notion of what an rpg is i more preciously guard to my chest any game that upholds the traditions of role-playing from when i was a wee whiny little child yeah yeah make no mistake about it that's an rpg that is a for sure that is an old-school RPG with systems upon systems upon systems, because Larian likes their systems. You got it. So, now, where Sully and I differ a bit on it, and it's not really so much of a difference of opinion, well, a difference, but more of a, of a preference, is the mm-hmm. actual combat gameplay. Old Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate 1. Now, first of all, just as a aside, I'm not even sure why it's called Baldur's Gate 3, because <laughs> it has no connection to Baldur, the previous two Baldur's Gates titles, because there is, you know, spoiler alert, kind of, not really, but I'll say this, there is no, there is just no way to continue the end of Baldur's Gate Correct. It, it, that story is done. It no is, more murder, God. It is wrapped. So... Um, calling it Baldur's Gate 3 is, I, I get why they did that. And sure. maybe there might be a hook in some way to, I just can't think of what it would be, would be the hook to the old um, Baldur's Gate. I, I think they're leveraging the IP. Just That's the, the most IP. obvious. Yeah. It's right. a practical business decision. It has pedigree. And sure, fuck it, why not? Sure. Um, but the main difference between this iteration of Baldur's Gate and what existed before in, pre- in the previous entries in the series and the old Infinity Engine games that you mm-hmm. made is a combat. Larian is using turn-based, whereas the Infinity Engine games uh, use real-time with pause. And right. back when it was announced that Larian would be doing it, would be the developer for this, there was some consternation in the uh, greater... Baldur's Gate fandom that it, Larian would be going turn-based mm-hmm. um, and forsaking real time with pause, and they were thinking, well, maybe they'll do it like, maybe they'll be like how has been done with Pillars of Eternity two, where there is both turn-based and real time with pause, or there will be like um, uh, Pathfinder. Kingmaker, mm-hmm. which does the same thing as well. Yeah, but you can do either or. But Larian came out yesterday said, nah. We're nope. really, <laughs> really good at turn-based. It's going to be turn-based. And the logic that they yeah. use is kind of flawless. How is 
Dungeons and Dragons tabletop played. It's a turn-based game. Sure. So their logic was essentially, well, not just logic, because that is where the, that's their core competency is turn-based RPGs. But you're 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 setting this into Dungeons and Dragons world, well, to capture as much of that tabletop experience that you can, um, it, that you can in uh, the electronic format, the most, well, the number one obvious way is you make it turn-based. Mm-hmm. So, number two, need that D20, baby. Yeah. yeah. So, so here's, here's the counter position. I recognize the faithfulness of a tabletop game being translated into an electronic equivalent in which the die rolls are automated through animations, yada, 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 uh, and all that's still happening. But what turn base introduces that real time with pause does not is a slower pacing of game. That's just, it's just a reality. Sure. Um, you yeah. could micromanage and agonize every single move, every second, pausing and unpausing to real time. But it's sort of like staying ahead of a flow of water, whereas turn-based is more like uh, chess. And that's fine. And that's good. And I think, honestly, given that they've clearly already demonstrated there will be unique move features like shoving mm-hmm. and climbing, that they're going to make the most of that turn-based. My only concern is ultimately, and I'll have to play it before I make this decision, um, will it break the flow of the narrative? Baldur's Gate moved along, and it helped keep the continuity of the narrative. If there's a one-hour battle between cutscenes, that could be problematic. So them um, at this case, the older, you guys are saying they're real-time, right? No D20, no turn-based? No, it's all there. Regardless of whether it's turn-based or real-time, the calculations of the die roll can be implemented in any real time with pause. The, 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 and it is implemented in the turn-based as well. Um, but you're not rolling that die. It's happening in, in Yeah, it's in behind in the back. scenes. Yeah, in the background. Yep. Now, Larian did a nice thing, which is there's an information box that you can pull up at any time and see what the actual rolls were. Right, yes. Which is pretty cool. Now, Sully, this is what I'm going to ask, is that when you played any a real-time-with-pause game, Mm-hmm. Um, right. Let's 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 say Pillars of Eternity two. I'm sure. assuming you you, you played oh, that. Yeah. Or or even Pillars of Eternity one, etc. How often did you pause? All the time. You essentially engaged in a de facto turn based system. Right. However, the distinction being this, there is a feel difference. And again, this is feel, not not like a bullet list. I can't say to you, if you pause a lot, it's not the same thing as turn-based. It's very similar, but not necessarily true. Example, turn-based can allow any order of procession of enemies and characters moving in some sequence. Real-time has a little bit more to juggle because you could reposition a character in real time that immediately affects the other character's movement, whereas mm-hmm. turn-based, that's more static. True. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there, yes, absolutely. So there's a little bit different to the vectoring of your party formation when it's in real time. But again, and I, I have to say this, I'll take it any way I can get it. It looks fantastic. It really does look beautiful. It is a gorgeous looking, uh, a gorgeous looking game, yep. and and it, again, and as, um, as Seven Swen said yesterday, it is as pre-alpha uh, uh-huh. thing. So I'm thinking, well, shit, you know, how could, um, how could good this could look? As, well, he actually was in one of the interviews that he gave to um, an outlet yesterday, 
they asked about consoles, and he outright said, I don't think the current generation can handle this game. <laughs> he, he outright came out and, and, and said that. So, Ouch. So that gives you an idea of what they are aiming for. Sure. Um, and it, that could be just not just GPU wise, but CPU wise as well. I mean, he could be referring to that. Too. Oh, this generation of systems or next generation? No, no, this current generation. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, this generation, no, not yeah. so much. Next, definitely. No problem. Yeah. Um, I wonder if mods will be the happy middle ground to solve the debate between parties. So just for everyone's reference, PC Gamer decided to do one of those let's settle this polls. And it's come out like almost 50-50. 50-50, yes, it has. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. We're settling they, nothing. They did their point. They did their point counterpoint um, for their two editors oh. discussing turn bases or real time balls in the polls. Yeah, it was essentially 50-50. Right. Um, so what I'll say is, hopefully, they have the good sense to let modders on the PC side go at it if they want, and create that mod for real time with pause. But again, and I can't stress this enough, if anyone's going to have to make a Baldur's Gate. Let it be Larian with turn-based over <laughs> Bioware in real time. Yeah, it's it, it's a the only other company that I think we could have trusted with it was Obsidian, but I think they had their hands full with uh, whatever it is that they're doing now with Microsoft. Like they sure. have, like they have um, in what will be entering early access. The Steam page just went up for this. Grounded. Uh, 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 sorry. Is it called Grounded? Grounded, that, yes, yeah, that one. Their survive, their their Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, kids survival right. game. <laughs> Rattus yeah. Ode. Yeah. So, and you know what's interesting? I I hope that's I hope that's something. And the reason I say that is, I I'm a big Obsidian fan, and I have to say that that um, Outer Worlds was comfort food, but by no means blew my hair back. So I'm really hoping what happened there was they were developing it when they were acquired mm -hmm. and they shifted their focus and basically shipped what they had. Could which be. is a, a terribly the, common game. It was on the, the lighter side for those types of games too. Yeah. I think the problem with it was essentially from my, I haven't played it yet. I downloaded it for game pass. And I'm sure I'll get to it at some point it was a writing. The writing was a sent from my understanding was supposed to be a, was a very, very essentially the, the theme of the game was hey, capitalism, am I right? It was, yeah, it, yeah, it, it was. was. It was supposed to be like a ribbing, but it was 15 years late wearing Leisure Suit Larry's best suit. You know, just a little out of style. So. <laughs> but really, I am, I mean, if this is, I'm, if Baldur's Gate 3 was our first reveal, major gameplay reveal of something that let's call it next generation mm -hmm. to a certain extent. Uh, oh boy, we're on good um, hands. Certainly better than the reveal of Outriders. <laughs> <laughs> Outriders. If you like three other games, we stole those. I'm out of the loop real quick. Can someone explain to me what Outriders is? Yeah, Outriders is an insipidly designed game that does nothing new or original in third person with guns and shaved heads. Shaved heads. Before, won't you see it again? Who's putting it out? Uh, it's someone. A, oh, it's um, it's um, Square Enix is the publisher, and people can can fly or the developer. Them, huh? Right yeah. now, or not to be mistaken with Outsiders, spelled like suicide or homicide, which is a tactical RPG. Uh, designed in black and white with red accents that looks fantastic and is stylized. Outsiders. Check it out. Hmm. Coming this summer. 
And not Darksiders. That's a different game. Nah, entirely. That's, that's something else entirely, too. But yes, I I got a, a good laugh when I saw when Outriders, when I saw what they were going for. And I thought to myself, ah, why? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I guess you, there's a certain amount of shaved head assholes that need to shoot guns every year. <laughs> why, why can't it be them? Yeah. That's what they thought. Um, well, speaking of um, more games, just to, to bring up what's coming out in March, because it's, hey, it's like tomorrow. Um, <laughs> the only thing coming out in March is Doom. Any, is, other, any other year it would be. It's it's actually well when this comes out it'll be tomorrow. It'll so. be hell. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so this this March actually looks pretty decent. Um, off the the first game that I'm looking forward to, I think it's March 10th or 11th. It's uh, Ori. Ori's coming out. Oh, yeah. oh that's True. right. Yeah. Oh, finally, finally got to go back and beat the first one. Oh, you yeah. better do it. You better do it. Not, uh, I look forward, I'm not to, looking forward to the failing. waterfall again. <laughs> Yeah, we got, I mean, the first story, and then I think now they have the deluxe edition, right? Like the f- director's cut version of it, which you should play that one. Um, that one so, has more I got gener- better at platforming in the interim. It, Honestly, yeah. I've tried, but what, I got to the part with the cave where it's dark, you and you have to platform it, in the dark, and I was it, like, all right, fuck it, I'm out. I'm not good enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a very challenging platform. Um, uh, platformer. Beautiful. What else? Okay, so we got Ori. And then obviously we Animal mentioned Crossing. Animal Crossing and Doom. That is the 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 the, the day of all days. That's and it. Niho two. Is it coming out that month? The oh, re yeah. March thirteenth. March. Oh, is that real? So that's a week before. Only on console. That's right. Version will come in the fall. Later, yeah. Neo yeah. two. Yeah. That's a, now Neo two is a prequel. Uh, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, it's a prequel. It's a prequel. Which I don't get this Japanese thing of. You know, for sorry for saying incredibly racist there, but but for, for <laughs> whatever old man for naming for the saying the how the game at the subsequent game has got the same number uh-huh. as the subsequent you know the prequel is the has the number the next number at least Yakuza got it right they right. Did, their prequels Yakuza zero right well to Total be fair M- Microsoft wasn't very good at counting numbers either. As far as I'm concerned, if there's not a direct narrative linkage to the first game that carries on, it's Spaceballs 2, the quest for more money. Right. Uh, I'm still, right? Like it's, still waiting on that. That's, I'm still waiting <laughs> on Spaceballs 3, the search for Spaceballs 2. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, this is another game, actually, I'm kind of looking forward to. I think Wade might have been the only one that played this. It was the beta for Bleeding Edge. I'm actually... I guess I'm the only one who played Yeah, me and you. That's it. <laughs> yes. I I was reasonably entertained by it. I I was reasonably entertained by it. Um, it's certainly not something I would necessarily ever pay money for. Um, How does it compare to Outsiders? Um, um, probably much better than Outsiders uh, because at least there's creativity in the character designs. Um, uh, yeah. Well, even though they are you know essentially wrecking that. I mean, look, it's it's melee Overwatch. Let's call it melee third person Overwatch. I mean, yeah. it's like Overwatch mixed with Apex Legends attitude. Sure, uh, it sure. Rolled into yeah. one I'm like hearing that. not for Sully. Yeah, uh, definitely not for you. I, it, I, I, it's interesting I, though. I, I enjoyed my my couple of hours with it. I've got it via Game Pass. I may put in a few more hours, and I that may be it. But, oh, it's on Game Pass. Yeah, it's on Game Pass. It's oh, a I look forward game. to ignoring it. <laughs> um, so that's how that's going to get by. I, I I feel that's going to be the Sea of Thieves for that game type, <laughs> where it's just eventually going to end up having four million people on it, and nobody knows or cares. Right. 
like Warframe. <laughs> Except me and Ken over here. Yep. Yep. Gotta uh, get sailing sometime. But uh, uh, the show's coming out, and it, I'm so torn because the White Sox, which is my team, finally has a good team, so I want to play the game, but I refuse to buy any edition that has a Chicago Cub on the cover. Um, <laughs> Who's yeah. on the cover? Um, Addison Russell, I believe. Uh, Ken, you send it to me and I'll Photoshop it for you, buddy. Yes, please. Just like <laughs> scrape it off, you know, he whatever. Probably make, he can probably make his own cover and just slap it on there. Yeah. So did they announce if that game's going to be cross-platform at launch or you will have to wait for it to be on PC and then the Switch and Xbox? And how, even, does, how does that work? Because it's a first-party title. Uh, I think the MLB is making Sony because no one else is making baseball games. And uh, I don't think Sony has to hit a financial quota with it. Yeah, and yet, and yet, and to, yet to retain the, the MLB license, let two K make an NFL game again. But that's another story. Oh, that, right. yeah, that's the NFL, right? Mm. So that's that's big business colliding with big business interests, yeah. right? So you'll get those weird chemistries. Oh, I'm trying to look and, what else. We and I, am I am I reading that right? That we get Half Life in March. Alex- yeah, you're getting two Half Lives in March. That's correct. Black Mesa comes yeah. out of Forever Mothball. Yeah, you're getting two Half Lives. You're getting Black Mesa, which is a complete remake a remake of of the original Half Life. And in the- fact, it's been in development so long, it's a remake of a remake of a remake. <laughs> yeah, it's been 14 years in development. Real so, shiny. To be honest, yeah. how many times have you guys purchased Half Life? At some point, they gave it away, right? Ooh, I gotta it's- say, I'm gonna say eight. Yeah, every, I don't know. It, it pretty much they, when you build a PC, Half Life automatically appears on it. It just appears. It, it just appears. <laughs> it's like you think of it, it's like, oh shit, there's Half Life. Instead of Solitaire, it's uh, Half Life on there now. Sure. Yeah. No, but the, I got to say, I am. You know what? That might be my number one game for March. Is Half Black Mesa Sword? Sure. Because uh, it looks fantastic graphically. Yeah, and um, you know the game's good. So I know the game's have. great. So Does it have ray they, tracing? Uh, no. no, no, no. Damn it. Happen. It has head crabs, dude. Do you need more than head crabs? <laughs> Come on. So, and so then, with, mm-hmm. with Alex, though, it's, it's VR, right? VR, so, right. My yes. question is, and, uh, the Oculus Quest has been out of stock for some time now, and it, yes. I, I just so checked has, right now, and it's still out of stock. So has Valve's, so has Valve's own uh, the index. The index. Yes, the that's, index. That's out of stock, too. So, right. Yeah. Where's, so, where's the bottleneck? That's because that's well, going to be huge. They're going to want to restock yes. for that Half-Life release. You're absolutely right. But I think what they're counting on is basically this. Um, first, there needed to be a little bit of market shakeout. There were companies trying to produce headsets that were just kind of dabbling. Those fell off. Um, the, the the front runners are out there. Oculus Quest, now that you can tether it to the PC, yeah. is taking the foreground. It's huge. It's the best dollar value because what people don't understand is even though it's a Four or five hundred dollar device, depending on the memory configuration. The optics on it are just as good as any of the high end unit. Yep. It just lacks the processing power. And once you use the link cable to your PC, it's relatively speaking uh, nigh indistinguishable. So yeah, that's, that's big. Amazing. That's that, that is definitely the one that I want to get. It's just everything. It's all gone now. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it is fantastic. I have one. They're great. Sorry. Um, uh, so the the real thing though is I think that games like this will finally start. Uh, turning the tide on demand for VR. Um, well, that's if, if the game's good. Oh, I think you can count on that. I don't know, man. Valve hasn't made a game in what? Was it Dota 2? Well, they made, the, they made the card game. They mm, made, uh, how'd, that, how'd that go? Oh, well, it crashed and burned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not doubting Valve's uh, quality, but, you know. What was that called? Artifact? 
artifacts. Yeah, we can call it remnant. But to be fair, I was never. I, I played Half Life Two maybe like four years late, and it was all right. Well, okay. So you, smack yourself. The thing is, <laughs> it, if you weren't there when it happened, I get why you wouldn't think it was particularly impressive. But those games struck at the right time, and they led the way on innovations in FPS games. Well, well that's, so, that's, that's the thing. Like, I'm not going to say it was an innovator, but for example, I can go back and play Halo One. And it doesn't have to innovate to be a fun game, but I feel like Half-Life 2 was probably That's more... the music and the nostalgia you're feeling. No, man, it's still good. It's still good. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, Half-Life 2 was a good game. I just felt it was a little too long, that's all. And then they made the episodes. <laughs> but that's me. I'm in the minority. <laughs> Jose, you're, you're, you're a precious minority, though. Think of it. You're the guy who's like... I'm really glad they didn't make episode three. Fuck that noise. It was too nah, long. Nah, I, I mean, I was hoping that, that it would make like, the story better uh, because that's what everyone raves about. Oh, yeah, the story. But it's all right. I'm just well, okay. So let's acknowledge that from a storytelling perspective, it's one of the many mechanics that has been eclipsed in time. Yeah, right? I'm, talking, I'm talking about two, not one. I, I, I played one when, it, when probably like when it first came out. Uh, it was one of the first games that had story for an FPS. So. There's Remember, that. there was a time when Shenmue was considered amazing. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Hey. Uh, yeah, it was, I told that to everyone who backed that Kickstarter. For oh, Shenmue. yeah, that's bad. So now we know who didn't help the Dreamcast survive, you sons of bitches. Line up. All right, but I think that wraps up for that March, right? So, man, let's hope uh, we can get a podcast in March, not the last day of March. March doesn't have 29 days. It no, it actually has 31. Yeah, does it have a leap year day in March? Sure. No, I'm not, whatever he yeah. wants. Don't tell him no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, right. okay. Just as a joke, my company uh, sent out an email reminding me to enter my, my time, you uh-huh. know, before thing. And they said, be sure to enter your time for the period February 16th to February 31st, 2020. Sweet. Mm-hmm. It was great. Do it. Do it. <laughs> you get two extra days of overtime or whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, and on that note, I think we, we, we're meeting our quota. We're trying to meet our deadlines, which means we're not trying to go over an hour and a half on this one. We're just going to wrap it up there. Unless you yep. guys have any one last thing to say, anything, nope. anything coming up on the Until boards? next time. Any nope. giveaways? Yep. Uh, I do remember um, we, will tr- we will try to um, make sure to implement on the boards. I know we mentioned this as well, the, the safe for work themes. I've had that um, a request, and I will speak to Ken about getting those uh, put back up again. Right. Oh, I do want a, uh, one PSA. Um, HG Latino guy. Hold <laughs> in there, buddy. We're going to get a new GPU this year, and you're going to get that 2080 <laughs> Ti, my friend. It's taken longer than you thought, but it is coming. It's and let's just, hope, let's just hope he listens to the podcast, so he knows. But he's got to. Someone I, should think tell he, him. I think he does listen to the podcast. Yeah, well, there you we'll, go. we'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for joining me. I'll see you guys uh, next month. Actually, well, I'll see you on the boards, but I'll see you next month for the podcast. Good night, all. Good night, everyone. Bye for now.